big market man coming in with us. Mets pitcher Max Scherzer joins us right now. Max, how you doing? Are you out on, out on the West Coast right now? Yeah, yeah, uh, here in LA. Yeah, we were uh, in San Francisco or Oakland, San Francisco, uh, previous three days, and now uh, down here in LA. And then we go right back to San Francisco after this. How how was Oakland? How was it? Was there fourteen the people in the stands? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Ace fans, the Ace fans that show up, man, those are some of the best, the, some of the best fans in baseball. I mean, they are nuts from pitch one to the end. Uh, some of my favorite playoff games have been in Oakland. Those are the most rowdy uh, kind of atmospheres that I've ever pitched in. So, uh, you know, it stinks to see them, you know, where they're at because uh, I've always appreciated going there. Did you see the possum? Have you heard about the possum? And did you see the possum? <laughs> no. Is there a possum running around there? So the, yeah. your your announcers couldn't use the visiting booth <laughs> because they walked in after the A's were on the road, and there's a possum. It's been living in there for over a year, and I, it was probably Ron, Keith, Gary. Yes. They walked in. It smelled so bad they couldn't <laughs> use the booth, so they had to go to a separate booth to call the games because the possum family. <laughs> so, I mean, New York tough. I don't know, man. I'm questioning it. You can't. And a little possum. Yeah, they need a new stadium. It's, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> oh, there it there is. There he is, there right there. Is. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Hey, yeah. hey, Max, how, how's the back doing, man? How, how's everything going body wise? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Um, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say typical, but uh, I, I ran into this in 2019 um, where the low scap, where it's completely outside the shoulder, so, you know, you're not. If you kind of uh, make an analogy to the car, you know, if your shoulder's the engine, I mean, if you have the check engine light, like that's a bad bad day at the car shop is, is if you have to fix an engine. Uh, but the, where it's at is down low by the scap. It's more like the brake. So it's easy to fix the brake, um, you know, in terms of when you have to make a car repair. And so, uh, honestly, I feel like this is going to be, I'm going to get through this kind of little soreness that's kind of leering uh, back there uh, here in a couple of days. I dealt with this in 2019. Um, you know, kind of try to pitch through it, you know, a couple starts and then I, I got, uh, actually it developed into a strain. So, I, you know, I know the dangers of this. Uh, if I just, all I need is just a little couple extra days here, here and there. Um, so my start instead of Sunday got pushed back to Wednesday. Hopefully that knocks it out and that's all I need. Do you cup? What, what do you do for it? Do you cup? Like do you cupping? Do you stretching? Do you do treat? I mean, what's the protocol for that injury besides rest? Um, yeah, anti-inflammatories, just some treatments, but really it's just rest. I mean, there's no other really thing that you can, you know, make, make this go away. Uh, it's just a time thing. So it just got overcooked. Um, you know, it's just one thing that's happened. I've dealt with it before and I, you know, I won't let it get worse than it is now. Do you feel like we always talk about on the show, like, okay, if a rookie gets hurt, if a rookie has this lower scap thing, the team controls it. Do you feel like at your point in your career, you're like, Look, dog, like, I got this. Like, trust me. And, like, how and how long does that trust take to build up? Because I'm assuming the Mets have good trainers. And, you know, so you're trying to work those guys. But how, how does that how does that process work? Um, so, you know, start on this is that saying, like, yeah, I understand this. I haven't had this before. And that conversation happens where, you know, if it's a rookie, yeah, you're much more underneath team control. Whereas, you know, I just have experience with this. You know, I know exactly what this is. Uh, this isn't serious, but uh, you do have to give it the proper attention. And so, uh, when, especially when you have a history and you're able to communicate that with the trainers, uh, it makes everybody, you know, just kind of understand this better. Uh, but I, I feel like the only reason I've ever had a good rapport with the trainers or I, I get any type of leeway 
is because I am honest. I'm actually kind of brutally honest with it of how I feel, where I'm at, and I don't lie about it. Uh, I never pitch through injuries. I always, you know, communicate those of where I'm at, and I'm always trying to come up with the, the you know, the number of pitches I can throw in a day. So was it possible that I could, you know, start on Sunday? But I didn't think I had 100 pitches there. You know, I, I probably would have gotten to 50 pitches and then would have been in Oakland. trouble. So, you don't want to pitch in Oakland. You don't want to pitch in Oakland. You want to pitch in L.A. I know. I know. See, that's smart. That's a veteran move right there. He's like, I can pitch in front of 3,000 or 53,000. I'll take L.A. That's smart. Yeah, uh, that, that didn't hurt either. Uh, but yeah, this, is, this is real, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Hey, on that topic, Max, I want to take us back about a month ago. And we had you on. And it was right around WBC time. And a huge discussion for a while was, how do we get the biggest names in baseball on the mound to pitch in the WBC? Ken Rosenthal on his show, Fair Territory, on this channel actually addressed it just the other day and said, why don't we just push it back a little bit? That might be a good compromise. Everyone's been trying to figure out a way to kind of maximize this tournament because it was so popular. And I know you have some thoughts on it too, as you've talked to some guys around the league and thought about it yourself. What do you think now that, you know, we have a few years to get ready for this thing again, and we want to make sure that everyone that wants to be involved can be involved? Yeah. Um, you know, I had conversations with teammates, uh, conversations with guys who participated in it, and uh, even some conversations with some MLB officials about this as well, uh, saying if the pitchers can get fully uh, ramped up, you know, you give us, you let me get those five, six starts in, and I fully get going, uh, you know, start the WBC the last week of spring training, uh, you know, once we're built up, and then run the thing through the first week of the season. Uh, and whatever you need to do with the games, whether you, you backfill those in with double headers or you move to 154 or whatever it is, you know, like whatever the semantics are you, you, of solving that, uh, then you would have the uh, ability for pitchers that, you know, all the major pitchers to participate because you're fully ramped up. That's the number one concern with this of why guys didn't want to participate is uh, you need spring training. You need to, to get built up for 100 pitches uh, before you want to step into. Uh, a game where everything's on the line. So I think if if, if the WBC's format started uh, on that timing and made the calendar work with that and running into the first week of the season, uh, I think that's how you would get the most amount of participation with it and make the best best product for it. I, I mean, it killed me not being able to participate in it uh, and watching it. Uh, but if the fans want this, they want this to be bigger and better, uh, then we got to get everybody involved and we got to do this the right way. If they do that for next go round. Are you going to join in if they kind of <laughs> comply with what we're talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, I would, but I just don't know if I'm going to be young enough to be able to do this. They're probably going to want to do this. Uh, they're probably going to be in line a little bit maybe before I am. But, uh, you know, for me, the way I've, I, I kind of, you know, talked about this was, uh, you know, look, I've, I've pitched in every All-Star game. Uh, you know, if, if I'm built up, I, I'll, I, I want to be in there. I want to compete with this. I, I saw how awesome it was. Uh, but also uh, throughout the process, you know, while those games were going on, you know, when I was making my first, you know, like five innings, 75 pitches, I'm like, I'm just not ready. Like this, this would, I, I mean, I, you know, I stand by it. I'd be rolling the dice if I'm not fully built up trying to step into a playoff game. So um, I think if we do this right, uh, a lot of pitchers will uh, participate next time. Have you talked to other guys about this idea? Other pitchers, yeah. other big league guys? Yeah, other big guys, guys on the mats. Uh, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, th you know, the other, the other side of this is, 
uh, when the WBC starts that you have the rest of the league still in spring training. So, yeah, you'd have to extend spring training by a week. Uh, but guys are already reported. Guys are already there, and you're already having games going on. So it would be the least disruption uh, to anybody's schedule to start it then. Uh, to try to do something actually in the midseason, yeah, that would be very disruptive. Where if you do it right here at the beginning of the season and eat into the you know, first part of the you know, first week of April, uh, that would be a good, uh, a good timing, I think, for everybody. So, Max, and, and a fan in, in the conversation right now in the YouTube chat said, play the prelims in spring now. Play the brackets during All-Star break. Imagine the anticipation. So you're saying that's no. not necessarily the way to go, even if we just did, like, well, the semifinals during that time? Yeah, I mean, that would be exciting. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that could work. But you can do the whole thing there here at the end of spring training and uh, during the season. Um, I also know if you, if you start trying to mess with the All-Star break, you know, you're going to have injuries around then. The, almost the cleanest time to do this is right at the beginning of the season. So if, if you actually kind of think about it, the other side of this is that, look, you have the World Series, and we know that's going to be the World Series. But the other side of this is that there's a World Baseball Classic, and that's at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, if you look at the golf, the biggest major of the, of the season is the Masters, and that's right off at the beginning. So when you look at other sports and see how they kind of operate as well, I think that, that – uh, we can make the World Baseball Classic bigger, and it's not going to take away from the World Series. Max, can you imagine the frustration if you pitched, like the fan just said, in the All-Star break, and you had to miss a start? Not, I'm not even talking about, God forbid, something happened at that game. Mm -hmm. But you had to miss a start for your team, and then the Mets missed the playoffs by one game that you didn't get to pitch? That's, that's where I think this doesn't work. This plan doesn't work that the fans said, well, let's play the games in the middle of the year. Like It disrupts not only – MLB season, but Japan season, Korea season, everyone season, and you have to fly all these people into a specific location. So, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine in how you would feel. Man, I'm pitching in the semifinals or the finals for USA. Oh, we missed the playoffs as the Mets by one game because I couldn't pitch a game for the Mets. I would, I would be devastated if I was, if that was me. Yeah, I, I think that's why you know is enticing as it would be to try to do like a finale around the All Star break, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the logistics to it don't make sense. Uh, and so, you know, as much as you want that, all right, you got to reinvent the wheel on this. Like, all right, when, 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 when is the right time to do this? Uh, because at the end of the day, guys are always going to choose their team uh, to do this. Now, we definitely want to represent our country. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but as long as it doesn't take away from our ability to go out there and represent our team. Hey, Max, uh, I got a fan question, too, on Twitter here from Shea Parking Lot. Um, where did you get your intensity and was Mad Max like that in Little League? So did this start at a young age? Like, were you on the mound, you know, like getting intense at like 8, 9, 10, 11 years old? I think that's a, that's a cool question to ask. So when, when did that start to develop? I mean, with all of a sudden you got older, you're like, man, I'm pretty good. Let me put on this mean look, man. Uh, I've always been intense, definitely. Uh, but it definitely took a different, I mean, like, you play other sports, you, you learn how to compete and, and play through, you know, different pain and, and stuff like from that. So, you know, I played football in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, played basketball all the way through high school. Uh, you know, I really credit uh, what I, the bat, my, you know, my basketball coach, Rick Kirby in high school, you know, he was one of the most competitive coaches I've ever had in my life and, and making you work to play defense on, and basketball. So, um, you know, the intensity that we play with in basketball, that I, I felt like, just being an athlete growing up uh, and being competitive that they all kind of fed each other. So being a good football player made you a better basketball player. Being a better basketball player made you a good baseball player. And so 
when you finally, uh, when I finally went to college and just settled down on one, like there's no other sports anymore. I'm just a baseball player that is kind of channeling all the competitiveness from the other sports in, into just baseball. Uh, and I feel like having that background, um, you know, has, has served me well. You still throw the same intense bullpens as you used to throw? And kind of explain no, no, that because no, no, no. I don't think people get to see that because the gates ain't open. Like that, that was a spectacle. You still do that? Uh, no, well, yes and no, but, uh, you know, I, I, I made an epiphany a while ago that realizing that when you, you know, another sport is where, you know, you practice like you play, you know, you, you, you I, I used to throw a bullpen probably in the sense that it wasn't a game and I realized that just wasn't working. Um, that, uh, the best way to actually get better in your bullpen is you actually kind of got to be on the opposite side of the coin. You gotta be relaxed. Like you got, it's okay to make a mistake in a bullpen and you're, you're chasing success. You're chasing uh, you know, executing the pitch correctly, not getting mad at the bad ones. And so, you know, in my bullpens, my actually my mentality is the complete opposite. Hey, Max, so I'm, I'm going to bring up uh, when we played against you the one year. So me and Adam Eaton were having that feud. So I just remembered this a little while ago. You... <laughs> so, hey, listen, I, and I'm going to tell you exactly. So me and him, we had this feud, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. AJ, you probably know him a little bit from Chicago, but I remember I, I was, we were, we were, I think we were struggling at the time, but you know what? I'm going to take the, the, you know, the bull by the horns here and just act up a little bit. So for me, he grounded double play. I'm talking smack to him, you know, getting him going a little bit. And then, you know, he fakes bunt. I'm talking at third. And I, I, I heard somebody in the dugout chirping back to me and I didn't look over, but I could have sworn it was you. I, I, was that you that was chirping back to me during that day? Uh, actually, it probably wasn't true. Uh, probably not. Uh, because, okay. because I love that you guys had a little feud and it was great and you were trying, you know, like whatever, it, I just, that's baseball. Sometimes how you go to different teams, you know, different guys, uh, you know, Hey, <laughs> it's just the way, you know, your brothers, things happen. Like, you know, things yeah. just happen. Um, so I probably wasn't chirping at you because I remember when those, that when that game was going on, I kept telling, uh, Eaton to get underneath the skin, like, Hey, I think I'm on team Frazier. You know, <laughs> 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 like really, uh, I was like, "Hey, Team Frazier doesn't like that grind ground out." You know, and con constantly kneeling Eaton because uh, he, I love Eaton. He, he's a great teammate. Uh, you know, he he he's got a personality that like it just works. Like it works in baseball, and I really enjoyed him. And so, uh, but I also knew how to get underneath the skin, and so I knew you were one of them. So anytime if he ground out, if I said, if I, you know, Frazier likes that, I knew that. Just <laughs> uh, I, I was laughing because I knew I said, somebody's chirping over. I mean, do I want to talk shit to this guy or do I want to talk to this? I'm like, I'm just going to leave the dugout alone. So I just, I just stay on Adam, man. That was funny, man. Good stuff. Yeah. I might, I might've thrown a comment in there too. That, that That's definitely up my alley, but I, yeah. I, I just remember I was more into eating though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Max. Since you're you're in LA, you're playing the Dodgers. You, I'm sure you saw the Cody Bellinger stuff this weekend, where he got the yeah. standing ovation. And we talked about pitch clock last time you're on. So my question is, when you take the mound, are they going to give you a standing ovation like they did Cody Bellinger, <laughs> and are you going to take the pitch clock violation violation to milk it? <laughs> Uh, whatever fans do is what the fans do. Um, yeah, I'm not going to take a violation. Like, you just see it. MLB is just unre like the umpire. I get the umpires. The umpires are in a tough spot. They're absolutely told, like, there's no wiggle room whatsoever. Like, they got to do this. Uh, but the game is screaming, don't do it. Like, give, you know, give Cody his moment. Uh, so that, that's just another pet peeve of mine with the clock. 
uh, of where you know we're using it in the wrong way. Like we've sped up the game, we've changed behavior. Now we don't need it as much, uh, and this is another case where uh, where the clock looks bad. Like just some common sense, some human logic says don't do it, and yet we have to do it. And the umpires are forced to do it. So um, that's that's what stinks about it. So you know, if it, if it happens to me, I mean, you just got pitched. I mean, that's what stinks. Hey, Max, now that you've pitched during the regular season with the clock a little bit, do you think that there could be any concerns with certain pitchers rushing themselves and it leading to a problem for them, maybe bad mechanics or leading to injuries? I mean, we don't have enough data for anything yet, but you've been around the game for a while. It's different spring training to regular season. What are your thoughts? We, we spoke pre, now we get to speak that it's implemented in the regular season. Yeah, I think we're we're going to see some problems potentially with pitchers is once it gets hot. Uh, once you you got to pitch a hot day game day game somewhere, um, and you're at this pace, and let's say you're running through some quick innings, like that's going to be a lot of pitches in a short amount of time and some heat. That's really going to take a toll on somebody. So um, for me, uh, not in that scenario, you guys you got to wonder if there's going to be some pitcher injuries around that, and if there are, then we have to have a conversation about how this needs to move forward. What's the solution? What's the solution? Well, Jim Wolf was behind the plate for the Bellinger thing. He's a veteran umpire. Yeah. He's been around 20-plus years. He he couldn't have stepped back and said, hold on, whoa, whoa. Like, tell the catcher, whoever was catching Will Smith or, or, or Barnes, walk to the walk to the mound. Like, what, Max, what's the solution here? They said they're going to give him wiggle room, but then we hear that MLB has to – the Cubs had to call MLB and say, hey, they might give a standing ovation. They might not. Like – what happens if they make that call and they don't? I know. I, I know. That, 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 that's when we're breaking down common sense. Like, look, I, I get that we need to change the pace. I'm with it. And we had to do something to do it. And I get it. And so having a clock is better than having no clock. I'll, I mean, I'll say that. But there, how, we're, how we're using the rules of the clock, how we're punishing players with it is what I have a problem with, especially when we're playing at pace. You know, we, like the 245 pace, that's a good ball game. I think everybody's entertained by that. Uh, that fans like it, players like it, and I think you know, like that's a good thing for the game. But when, because of the clock, like there's a lot of games where you're playing at like 220 pace or 230 pace, and that's just too much. Like that, I mean, we've we've accomplished already so much. Why do we need to punish somebody with a ball strike when we're playing that fast? And so that's where the umpire discretion comes in. And uh, let let the umpires you know make the decision when we want the clock and when we don't. What what would you what, what what would you change? Not not just with this specifically, but like sure. What would you change? So, I mean, like, it'd be, like for instance, you you know, like if you want two forty five pace, that means after the third inning, you should play the game in fifty five minutes. Like that'd be pace. So if we play the first three innings at fifty minutes, turn the clock off. We're playing at pace. We don't need it. You haven't. You most likely haven't had a violation. We're not having a lot of violations. Like you have over ninety nine percent compliance. The behaviors changed. Like just let us play, and if we continue to play at that at a quick pace, like you don't need it. If a game is running slow, then let the umpire turn the clock on. It, it, I, I guess the way I'm uh, way I'm articulating this and the concept that I'm using is actually like golf. Golf has the same type of idea. They have pace of play measures, and that if you start playing too slow, then the clock comes on. And so, for me, that's how baseball should be. We we our sport resembles golf more because there's not a game clock. You know, it's, it's tough to say we're NBA or we're football, but they have a game clock, whereas we don't. And so, look, you know, if you look at how the PGA does it, I think that's the best way, that's probably the best way for us to do it as well, is to try to bring at the bottom 
not constantly punish anybody for any one or minor one minor infraction. Is there is there too quick of a game? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess when we all sit there and say, like, you know, when you're playing a two forty five game, like that's entertaining. Like, do you really need to step through everybody and, and start punishing players to get it down to two twenty? Like, is that really good? Like, is that really what the fans want? You know, I, I would I would sit there and say no. You know, I, I get we want we get we need to change. You know, the hitter stepping out of the box, adjusting his gloves, and the pitcher, you know, taking his time. But we've done that. Mission accomplished. Like now we need to start thinking about how we want to actually make these rules so that you know you're not impacting the game, you're not changing the game. And to me, we've changed the game. Max, you're changing beer sales, though. Don't you get it? You're changing beer sales, okay? You can't well, have a, yeah, you can't sell as much beer, beer now. You get a few more beer sales. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to get. That's why all these teams are now extending their beer sales in extra inning because they can't make all their right. money. So right. uh, listen, I get it. I agree with you. I think I think the PGA. I, I don't know if the PGA system will work, but yeah, put a put a reliever, a slow reliever, because relievers are usually slower than starters most of the time, right? So Most put a clock time. and say, hey, you're too slow. Now you're on the clock. I, I agree because now games are, man, they're whew, they're over. Yeah, you know, um, actually one of my cousins uh, uh, made an interesting comment. You know, they, they thought they'd really like the clock on TV. You know, when you watch it on TV, like it, it, it's entertaining. But when you actually go see the game in person, like, oh, I didn't realize everybody's just running across the diamond. Like everybody's frantically trying to get in the box that like, you know, you, the, when you actually see in person how frantic everybody's behavior is now, like, okay, that's where it's too far in my book. One more on this. So relievers are slower than starters. So if the game generally, goes quick, generally. then generally, yes. <laughs> we, we, we've had some, you know, in the past defenders that make the game go really long. Just I know from calling a game, like, sometimes it's got great pace, and then we get to the sixth or seventh, and I'm like, what happened? And a guy comes in, and he takes a while. So the thing is, on, on the – clock going on and off idea like what do you do then if the game is is still at a pretty good pace for time but it feels like the game is slowing down because the reliever comes in and he's taking like 40 seconds so that's where we do have data on like individuals like who takes time and who doesn't so if there's a bad individual and you know let's say there's a reliever that that's that you know he just works slow well you know, then the clock, you can always turn the clock back on. That would be using, you know, the human, you know, being judged by the human eye would make sense. Uh, but I, I also would dis almost disagree with that because behavior has changed, you know, that you can't sit here and work slow anymore in 2023. Like, you have to work fast. So everybody has changed their behavior. So I don't, I don't know if that slow reliever exists in the same way anymore uh, because, A, you know, you've changed behavior, but, two, also, is that really we're going to work slow if the hitter is working fast? I mean, that's the other component to, to the pace problem was that, you know, so much of this was the hitter, hitter's ability to be able to step out of the box, adjust his batting gloves, take his time, uh, that when the hitter's in the box, typically pitchers pitch. So, you know, I, I know, it, you know it's easy to pick on the slow reliever, but I don't know if that slow reliever is as slow as he was in the past. Hey, Max, uh, we were talking earlier about Domingo Herman and the whole – um, rosin thing. Um, my first question, you do you use rosin? And then my next question was, be, do you think the umpires handle it well? We've had a we had a really good dialogue going with uh, with the group here. You know, some agreements, some not agreements. Uh, how do you think about that whole situation that transpired? 
Yeah, briefly. So I don't know all the details to it. You know, I don't know what, you know, I don't know any of the comments. I don't know what, what was, you know, completely there. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, if he got checked, he had rosin. Like, okay, if they, we need to clean it up. I, I guess he told him to go clean it up. You know, he washed his hand, redid it, reapplied, used the rosin. Um, and, you know, everything's good. I think that's, you know, the umpires are handling it right. You know, so... Like I said, it's tough to know, really comment any more on that without knowing more of the situation. Well, my, only, my only thing to you, Max, is when an umpire comes to check check you, he just does he just go like this? It's like, hey, look, I'm going to give you a, a little. I mean, I know no, they kind of. They, they definitely, they come through and they, 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 they press and they check. I mean, they feel, they feel your fingers. You so know, they, they're feeling. But you can make rosin pretty, you can make rosin pretty sticky, right? If you're sweating enough and it's a hot day, you oh, yeah. can make it. So how do they know the difference between sticky rosin or sticky, sticky stuff? I mean, that's just their judgment. I mean, I I don't have an answer for that, but I mean, you, you can make rosin very sticky. So, um, I, but the umpires, I think as a whole have, have made, um, you know, made, made the correct judgment in that, you know, they're not looking for any little thing. They're not going to try to make a scene every single time. Uh, and they really only try to go up against egregious cases, but I think actually, I mean, here we can, we can actually talk about this. I actually think we got to get the actually the checks off the field. You know, if you have a German, I'm just going with, you know, I'm just using German as an example of saying, hey, he's completely using rosin, he's completely free. Uh, he's, you know, there's no, no funny business going on. That, that, if that check should have happened in between innings, you know, with an MLB official and, you know, underneath, out of, out of the camera site. Let him get checked, you know, wash his hands and reapply the rosin right then and there. If you get this off the field, this would be so much cleaner, so much better, and you wouldn't have any, so much of these semantics. And, I, I, you know, you can educate an MLB official of, like, what you're looking for. You would actually have time to be actually be able to check and, and actually be able to address this issue in a way. Instead of putting this on the umpires in front of the cameras, in front of everybody, and making a spectacle out of it. I agree. I agree. Let's – we have an official for every other thing, right? We got a guy down there watching the video room. We got a guy checking bats. We got a guy checking uniforms. We got people checking everything. Security. We got. Why can't we have a guy sit down there and watch the pitcher? He comes in, or a guy in the bullpen says, "Hey, before you go in, let me see your hands in the in the tunnel or whatever." Comes running out, and then before the inning, have a guy in the dugout just say, "Okay, you're good. Go pitch." The umps seem embarrassed. It's like weird when they're checking you in, on TV in front of fifty thousand people sometimes. Right. I mean, the other, and, and then the other way that you, you redefine this issue is it's not really a substance, it's a spin rate. Like, everybody has a spin rate. So, as long as you're within the spin rate, like, play on. Okay. Like a spin yeah. rate baseline, basically. Yeah. Because there's data, I mean, unless there's a new guy that gets, but even in AAA and AA, they have spin rates on everything now. Yeah. So. But your spin rate could change. I mean, no. I, All right. I mean, yeah. Then prove it, you know, go use rods and prove that you got it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. No, that's fair. I agree. I, I like it. I agree. Hey, Max, awesome to have you on, as always, anytime. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck out there. We'll see you on Wednesday on the mound. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, guys.